0: So what's the intention of this space?
1: To create like we're gonna call it CastNet Studios, to create a studio space for uh this, really. You know, anybody that wants to do anything creative, whether it be we even talked about setting up some like YouTube areas over here mm-hmm. for like uh, green screens and, and whatnot. Um, promoting my podcast is uh what's up everybody by the way, we'll just go ahead and get it started. Uh Brownwater banter, I'm sitting here with Robbie D'Angelo and we were already yes, yes. chatting it up. I said, Well hell, why don't you hit record uh on your <laughs> podcast? Might as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to just for people who want to come and do podcasting, creative stuff on YouTube, create videos, uh, promote my my thing is kind of like Jordan's. You said you just talked to him, right? Um, promote local businesses, put faces to names, uh, all the things that I like. Just talk to the people who run them and see if they have a cool story to tell. You know,
0: I love it. Yeah, I love it. yeah, because it, it's needed, man. I mean, we have so many creative people on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. and they're they're begging for an outlet. My biggest thing with the people in the Mississippi Gulf Coast is it's always been so divisive. Yeah. If we can bring the creatives together mm-hmm. and have a space like this for everyone to work together, to share ideas, mastermind, and right. do something a lot bigger, create some synergy in one space. Right. Man, we can really elevate what's going on down here.
1: And that's kind of what we hope to do, you know, um, just get everybody throwing around ideas. I don't know. It's kind of abstract at first, but... We we're having a good time down here so far, so that's what we got, man. It's all about man. That's you know, us running into each other the other night, kind of how it got sparked up this conversation, how this podcast happened. I mean, uh what was we at Live Oak? Yeah that bar down the road, man, which yep. is a cool place. If you're listening to this, check that place out. Downtown Biloxi, right by MGM Park. Right. Like renovated, totally
0: really cool spot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Go see Callie Rob down there, he'll take care of you. But I ran into you and was like, hey, man, I know you had done podcasts in the past. I didn't really realize that you had like the video and you had the whole nine, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I went and uh, investigated you online a little bit and was watching some of your your episodes. And you actually had uh, two people uh, that I wanted to to speak to that you'd already done. I'm like, well, I have no original idea in my body. Um, (laughs) Richard and uh, Taylor which yeah. he moved, to, he's in Ohio now, I think. But I was like, cool, man. So you, you was already doing the thing, That's at least a year ago, right?
0: Yeah, it was, it was actually uh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. How did you
1: fall into that? And apologize if y'all hear like a lot of reverb again, the studio's not quite ready, but we're in here doing it anyway. So I mean, let's, it let's is go. what it is, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So for me, it was, everything I've ever done has been kind of my own story of me overcoming. And the more I would get out there and talk to people, the more I'd realize there's some amazing stories on the Mississippi Gulf coast of people overcoming and people setting a goal and going after that goal and hitting adversity along the way, but still overcoming. So I wanted to just give people a platform to share that story. And with that, I wanted to tell a deeper story. A lot of people, when you talk to them, you just get surface. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, surface is great. But I wanted to get to a deeper level, like, what's the motivation behind it? Why were you doing that? What caused that? I wanted to get to that level. So that's really what I was trying to do. And that's honestly one of the things that I love doing still to this day, like just just having a conversation with someone and finding the underlying reasons of why they're doing what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and podcasting is a great way to do that because it gives you a longer uh, format, you know, to do it. But I like what you're saying. I've heard that was kind of a theme in some of the ones of your your episodes that I did watch. Was was that? Um, my thing is, and one of the reasons like when I why I want to do this is like what you said, like getting to that deeper, uh, what do you call it, like level of understanding where somebody comes from, hearing their perspective. But also, I think a lot of times if people look at people that are like that they deem successful. You don't realize like all the trials and tribulations that that person may 100%. or may not have went through to get to where they're at, and I think when people can tell that part of their story, it can inspire like other people. that's like, well, man, if they did that or they overcome this or that, maybe maybe I can do that too, you know. And that's probably me speaking to myself just as no. much as it is to the people that's listening to this.
0: I was just like honestly, I told you I was talking to Jordan Duran mm-hmm. on outside before I came in just now, and that's exactly what we were just talking about, you know. Ever like with him. Everybody sees everything he's doing now, right, but they don't know the story of you know him being homeless and him building the businesses and mm-hmm. starting from absolutely nothing and just grinding all these years right and they they see the pretty aftermath of all that right That's but
1: usually when people come on the scene. 100 percent you start
0: to get a little like whatever success
1: is in your genre of whatever it is you're doing right exactly. and people are like, oh man, yeah, you been you're like, dude, you didn't see the past six months." 12 months, a year, two, three, four, whatever it 100%. is. 100%. No,
0: nobody wants to take the bus with you, right? but right. they'll all jump in your yeah, Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. 100%.
1: Exactly, dude. So getting to your story then, your backstory, like what, I didn't really do a proper introduction. So you're a best-selling author, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I know you do a lot like health, wellness, mindset correct. kind of stuff. What? Tell me what else I'm missing in the podcast, which we talked about.
0: So, you know, I, I grew up in traditional business from personal finance to commercial real estate. Then when... I left all that, which is a crazy story on its own. We got time. Oh, yeah. So, actually, when I published my book, my boss fired me. Awesome. I know. It was not like, because oh, of that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was kidding.
1: Like he, cause you, Because you published a book? Right. Oh, wow. We got to talk about that. Why, why did he do that? Was it conflict of interest or something?
0: So, if I had that much time and energy to write a book, yeah, I was not putting that time and energy into my job. No, he did not say that. He didn't say that, but oh, he said that. And
1: he said, okay, wow. What yeah. an ass clown. But you know what? Thank you. you got a you got a self motivated individual that's working for you that went and wrote a book, and I mean as long as you didn't like slander his business or something like that. You didn't mention, yeah. Like yeah. I don't understand.
0: Oh yeah, totally wrote it on the nights and the weekends. Um, but you know I can understand where he's coming from. Like he wants me to be as devoted to that job. What were you doing at the time? Can you say
1: it's commercial real estate? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Whatever. That doesn't um, make any
0: sense to me. But here's the thing. Like you know, so many times in life, everything happens for a reason. Oh yeah. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now. Had that not happened. Had that not happened. I would still be doing commercial real estate. My book would have been published, but it would have been a side story in my life. Right. Because he fired me, I was, you know, at a fork in the road saying, okay, so I want to go back in corporate America and once again have someone tell me that I have to work for their dream, not my own. Mm -hmm. Or do I want to take this and now run with it, which is what I did. And at that point, I became a health coach, certified nutritionist, um, coach people on exercise and health. I became a personal chef. Um, that was a really, really cool journey where I started just cooking for individuals, like a prep thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I would like literally go to someone's house and cook a week's worth of food for them, leaving in their fridge. And- I'm out oh wow okay I saw again
1: doing the investigation I saw you had some kind of like I had a meal prep company at one point yeah 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 that's what I watched you were on the beach talking about it and and how to get better and how to grow and all this kind of stuff not making excuses I was like dude I'm eating this up so it's (laughs) gonna be a good podcast you know
0: absolutely so that actually led me to doing a bunch of things I even spent a little time on the road with three doors down sweet cooking for those guys really yeah yeah nice Um, so it was a complete journey Um, I no longer do that just because it's not, like, I, I'm, I love doing it and I love helping people, but it's just not my passion. It's not my highest and best service to mm-hmm. people. Um, so I started out really concentrating on people's physical fitness. Yeah. And you work in that industry long enough, you realize that physical fitness is not the problem. No. It's, it's mental health. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, myself, I, you know, for those who haven't heard, I grew up a fat kid. I lost about 115 pounds yep. after I finished playing football.
1: But when you said that you were like, you weren't just were you completely fat? Like, but you worked out
0: and stuff, right? You played football. Like, you had I was built like a just a big power lifter, right? But I mean, at six foot two, at six foot two, three hundred five pounds, you were still big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still had plenty yeah. of excess fat on right. me. Um, but going through that, I was I was overweight because of emotional reasons, right? Which because, like you because said, of my middle people, health. that's their deal, right? Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. So that's my new like mission and passion in life is mental health, right? Um, my nonprofit work in schools deals with directly with mental health of the kids. Um, my clients now, the first thing we do is yeah, we put a little diet and exercise plan in place, but we spend ninety percent of the time working on mental health mm-hmm. because if you're not mentally healthy, the physical you can't like you can't fix it. You know, I've dealt with so many people that look physically healthy on the outside, mm-hmm. but are dying on the inside Mm -hmm. you know you like a lot of competitors you run a lot in the bodybuilding world these people are the epitome of what it looks like to be physically in shape but they still have that shitty self-image oh man they're dying on the inside they they do it because of the insecurities right instead of doing it for good reasons Mm -hmm. their underlying motivation behind the goals is terrible yeah yeah that's that's interesting and i think I think a lot of people can
1: probably relate to that, right? Like, so you got somebody, you have, everybody has an issue, right? And like the one you're addressing and you, that your book is about, and like kind of your backstory is the physical, right? Right. Having to overcome the physical, but realizing that it is the mental at first. And then fixing that has then helped you to solve what you defined as a, you know, physical issue, right?
0: hundred percent. So I tell people all the time, losing 115 pounds Mm -hmm. didn't solve one issue I was dealing with. Not at all. Not at all. I went on this weight loss journey because I was tired of feeling bad about myself, feeling unworthy, dealing with all these insecurities. So I'm like, you know what? Your weight's always been the problem. Let's, let's lose the weight
1: and everything's going
0: to be perfect. Everything's going to be great. Right. The if then scenario, right? If I do this, then that'll happen. Right. Which most of them are completely BS. (laughs) So I did the if then scenario. If I lose the weight, then I'll be happy. I lost all the weight, still dealing with every issue Mm -hmm. I was dealing with. Still the same body insecurity, still feeling not worthy and zero confidence
2: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah you can mask those you can put on that mask and wear that out in public right but as soon as you're away from that public atmosphere of people giving you affirmations right because you know, it is nice when you lose that weight right like 100%. chicks are hitting on you yeah, right like it, you're out, it man. felt yeah. phenomenal yeah. rock star right in public right but then as soon as i'm back inside my own little cave my house mm-hmm. and i don't have those affirmations anymore and i'm surrounded with the voices in my head i'm like have all the same issues, man. Right. You're just putting on a mask that you wear out in public. You still have that negative, right? 100%. Kind of negative mindset. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was beating myself up negatively. So, yeah, the losing 115 pounds didn't solve one issue. It wasn't until I went on my yeah, personal growth, self awareness journey mm-hmm. that I was actually able to address what was really going on. How did you get on that journey? How, once you. You were already
1: working out probably with football, right? So you right. kind of already knew a little bit about your way around the gym, mm-hmm. right? So I'm sure this is the best quote I've heard in a long time. It's not new, but like uh, you can't uh, exercise your way out of a bad diet. You cannot right. work a bad diet. Yeah. So did, what, you had that epiphany, right? At so, some point.
0: Yeah. I mean, really the way I lost 115 pounds, mm-hmm. I just, I kept working out mm-hmm. and just ate less. Right. Which I'm, is super hard to do. <laughs> Well, it wasn't for me though, because I was playing college football Yeah, and it was my job to be big. So I was eating 10 to 12,000 calories a day. Damn. It's not hard to eat less than that. Yeah.
1: But it's hard to eat less than that and then like get to like a certain body fat percentage. Right. That's hard.
0: Losing 115 pounds was the easy part. Mm -hmm. Keeping it off for a decade. Yeah. That was the hard part. Has it been that long? It has. Holy shit. That is a long time. That's the hard part because- When you spend 23 years of your life, which was the first two thirds of my life, Mm -hmm. being overweight, your brain is hardwired to be addicted to food. To food. Yeah. 100%. And I tell people all the time food addiction is probably the hardest addiction to break. Easily, because you have to have it. You have to eat. Yeah. You can stay out of bars, you can quit calling your drug dealer, Mm -hmm. but you cannot Mm -hmm. not eat. Yeah, that's it's funny but it's true, you know? It's the only addiction where you have to learn moderation. Yeah. It's like telling, you can't just abstain,
1: you know what I mean? No, it's like
0: telling an alcoholic hey, you can have one beer a day. Right. Like, that doesn't work. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so you you, you kind of conquered that, you got the diet under control, then then you realize, hey, look, it's not just the physical, I got to work on the mental, right? Right. Where did that path go? Like, who did you did you meet a guru? Did you go to like the Himalayas and go to Tibet or something or become a it's monk? It's on the bucket list. Is it? Yeah. It is
0: yeah. absolutely on the bucket list. Like no. Who,
1: where was your awakening? Like what was it? Religion? Was it?
0: So, it was of course fortune cookie. Like my faith has always been there. I love fortune cookies cuz can like a deep sushi. Um but for me like I started digging into personal growth, which is great. Like yeah. having motivation like the Tony Robbins, the OG of personal growth or yeah. if you're in the fitness industry um God rest his soul, Greg Plitt was a great one back Man. then. Um, but I started doing all that. It was, it was great. It helped me getting motivated, but it was just that. It was just motivation. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have that constant drip of it, right, I was struggling. right. So I went from being motivated to needing inspiration. Like I needed to find my own inspiration. And I honestly didn't find that until I started writing my book. And here's why. When I started writing my book, all the knowledge is in the book is the easy part. Me writing my own story, which is the first chapter, that was the hardest chapter in my book I wrote because I'm a guy. Right. We don't talk no. about emotions, feelings, thoughts. We don't talk about that kind of stuff. Well, you do, but it's
1: by yourself with a bottle of whiskey like an adult. Yeah, yeah. That's, I made that joke percent. you know what I mean? You don't do it in public. No,
0: no, like, no absolutely no. not, no, no. Um, so when I started writing my own story, Sad. I was 30 years old when I started writing my book. Mm-hmm. I boiled down my entire life to a page. Ouch. Yeah, that's exactly my reaction. Yeah. Like, bro, you've lived more than a page. Yeah. You've like, done more in your life. I mean, you were a high school All-American in football. You were a college All-American, rated one of the top centers in the country, yet your life is a page long? Mm-hmm. So during the process of writing my book— Right there's a red flag. Oh, yeah, big red flag. And that's, yeah. that's what spurred like this next thing. So— in order to write a book I knew would knew help a lot of people, mm-hmm. I started interviewing a lot of people because I know my own story. I know what I went through, but I want to know what everyone else is going through so I can relate to as many people as possible. So I got really good at the interview process. Why are you doing that? What led you to do that? The, just the questions behind what they were accomplishing. I just had to turn those questions on myself. Mm-hmm. So I started looking back at all the decisions I made in life from playing college football to being overweight, to being an introvert, um, always being shy around girls. Like I started looking at all these things in my life and saying, why did you, why were you like that? What, what emotion were you dealing with that led you to do that? And that honestly was the best thing I ever did in my life. That Mm self-awareness that I gained from asking myself those questions has helped me more than anything else I've ever done in my life it's like there's you don't you you
1: you know yourself don't realize the decisions that you make you think you make them consciously and a lot of times you do but I think what you're talking about is there's like the way I've always thought of it there's like this background track of music or of decision making however you want to look at it that's playing and a lot of times people don't realize that that's playing Right. right until you finally like take a step back and look at it and go oh shit like like what you're saying, like. I did this because I was insecure about that or something like that. You know what I mean? This feeling that I didn't even really realize that I hadn't acknowledged is what's screwing this and this and this and this up.
0: Right. Right. So during the day, during the course of a day, and this is a big number, you make like 80,000 decisions a day. Yeah. From brushing your teeth to driving your car. But how many of those Mm 80,000 do you make asking yourself this question? I choose to do this because.
1: Right. What's the reason?
0: What's the reason I'm doing this? Why am I doing this? And what is the consequence of me doing this? Mm. How many of those 80,000 decisions are you making consciously? Right. And thinking about the reason and the consequences of doing that. That's where most people that, especially today, I mean, we're addicted to our phone. Yeah. Which our phone's immediate gratification. We're addicted to the busyness of life. Everybody right now is 10 times more busy than they need to be. Mm Mm-hmm. We're so, you know, wake up, get the kids ready, feed the kids, go to drop them off at school, go to work, pick them up, get them ready for bed, make them do their homework and then go to sleep and then repeat. Mm -hmm. We're living life on autopilot. And when you do that, you get, you know, you wake up one day and one of the most amazing things I do from time to time is I go to like visit an old folks home. Yeah. And I'll go talk to them. Yeah. Oh man. You look at somebody that's 78 years old Mm -hmm. with regret in their eyes yeah it sucks oh man it's tough i work in healthcare, so i've i I didn't i didn't like that was a part of my
1: job like working in intensive care units i would see end of life a lot and i kind of felt like i was already in tune to that kind of aspect of appreciating that one day you you know this this tape's gonna end right like you're gonna be you're gonna die i mean so you know people don't like to face that but it is true you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh, so I, so seeing that you know and talking to older generations and older people and and you're like man time's finite at least for us for humans it is. right like for the universe who knows but so so make it count you know what i mean and I, and I think that going and doing what you're saying it reminds you of that a lot of people don't realize that they don't think about it they don't think about why they'd make their decisions they damn sure not thinking about you know that this is going to end
0: one day no yeah. absolutely not no they're just concentrated on what they have to do to live up to society's definition of success. Mm-hmm. You know, the white picket fence, three kids, house, dog, like that's just what they think. Or more importantly, that's what they don't think. Like they don't right. think about those things. And a question I always ask someone is, you know, when you're 89 years old, sitting on your front porch, throwing beer cans at cars as they drive by, and you're looking back at your life, what is, gonna, what is your life gonna look like where you can look back and say, you know what, I went for it. Mm-hmm. I did it. I had no regrets. I loved every minute of my life. What does that look like for you? Yeah. The scary thing is is when you ask people that, they ain't got a clue. I can ask someone the simple questions like, hey, what's your definition of happiness?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Eight out of ten people give me the, the same surface yeah. BS answer that yeah. everyone else gives. Oh man, make a million bucks or right. you know, find a good job. I'm like, that's that's not happiness. Yeah. Like that's just like a surface material thing. I heard somebody
1: talk about that. It's like win the lottery and, and then, and what? And they're like, Oh, I'm going to go drink margaritas on a beach somewhere. And it's like, okay, but like keep doing this in your head, like walk that out. So how many days do you do that? Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. Before you're like an alcoholic with liver disease and you're dead. Like and what do you do after out. that? Like yeah. try to figure that out.
0: You know, yeah. I mean, and it, there's this principle called hedonic adaptation that exactly what you're saying. So hedonic adaptation says just that if you win the lottery, you go sit on the beach and you're drinking margaritas. How many days in a row can you do that you your board? exactly and then you have to add okay now i want a margarita and a cigar you do that for the next four or five days you're bored of that mm-hmm. now you're like okay i need a margarita a cigar and a pretty girl <laughs> you do that for four or five days and then your life's fine no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no you're, 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 bo- you're bored of that yeah and you know every time you add something to your life if you're not grounded in gratitude yeah you're gonna it's you're just putting a band-aid on a problem
1: yeah there's the uh do you know the instagram guy the uh dan um Bilzerian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. he, did, he did a He did an interview, and he talked about what you just said. And he's got, like, so much money and so many pretty women, cars, guns. You know, like, he said, you name it, and he's pretty much done it. 100%. But he's like, now I don't get that, the hit off of it. No. He's like, none of that really works anymore. Right. And he's, like, trying to figure out ways to, like, and I'm like, dude, you, you know, you could never really explain that to most people. They're like, no way. No way that'll ever happen. Like, I would still enjoy it. But I, I can... I, not that I've ever lived that life, but like right. I can understand what he's saying like, yeah. eventually that would get it would get old
0: oh a hundred percent because would you have like when you're putting band-aids on problems and you're living for you're living in a state of external mm-hmm. validation
1: trying to get happiness from the outside
0: right? right yeah you're not living with meaning like for him, you look at his Instagram yeah and every male in America is like oh right you know right. he's living the perfect life right but all he's doing is seeking external validation. When is he ever posting about anything he's doing meaningful? Correct. What, what inside of him is getting gratification from this life that's not just like an instant hit? Mm-hmm. Long, I'm talking long-term meaning. That's, that's what he's missing, and yeah. he knows that. Yeah.
1: Or he just keeps it all off the thing, because he makes money off of that portraying that. You know, he life.
0: makes a ton. Yeah, of he was money. saying that some
1: of the women in his photos can turn one photo with him into like an eighty thousand dollars a year job. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I'm
0: like, I think I think uh, Kim Kardashian charges like a hundred and fifty grand for a product ad placement mm-hmm. in one of her Instagram posts. Yeah, I believe it for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. that's reach though, it's right? People, it's, it's it's marketing exactly. It's exactly.
1: marketing. So. So what did, you, what did you, when you started doing all this like self-evaluation, what did, what did you hit on that like clicked for you? Like, that's, this is the thing. Like, this is what, is it making people better? Trying to help other people? Or?
0: Oh, 100%. I'm, so growing up fat, which is the way I did, you develop your identity and your self-worth mm-hmm. not on yourself. Like, you just don't want to look in the mirror. Like, it has nothing to do with yourself. It has to do with the way you're able to help others and the way you're able to be a people pleaser and a yes man right. and all that. So I lived my entire life in the service of others because that's how I was gaining validation. But the real revelation I had mentally was becoming very clear and okay with who I am in my core, like my core identity of who I am. Mm -hmm. I had to fall in love with that person. Right. And I had to realize that it's okay to be authentic and I realized like once I started practicing, like just be authentic, like no matter what happens around you, just be in the service of your authenticity. Once I started doing that, I realized like the world is a beautiful place and I don't have to wear a mask everywhere I go, man. I used to be the politician. Like even my friends called me the politician because I would be dying on the inside. But you put me out in public, shaking hands, kissing babies, everywhere I go, just like making friends. Is that and, like
1: business, like when you were commercial real estate, like p- in that
0: way or just... It was business, it was friends, it was, we'd go to the bar and that's the way I was. Like I was sh- talking to everyone, mm-hmm. but it was a mask I was wearing. It wasn't authentically who I was. It was just me seeking that external validation. So I had to make a commitment to myself to live unapologetically, authentically, and just go that direction. Just do that. No matter what happens... If you stay true to yourself and live in that energy, Mm -hmm. you can't go wrong. Like people, some people will disagree with me. Some people get pissed off with how positive I am or happy I am or, you know, I've heard some really funny rumors about me, but like that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. It used to kill me. Right. When I would hear something negative about me because I wasn't secure in who I was, man, it would kill me. Mm -hmm. But now I hear it and I'm like, that's great. I've never met that person. I'm glad they think that, you know? Yeah.
1: Why they formed an opinion. They don't know me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's just giving 100% in my, in my authenticity. If I live every day in that, there's nothing else I can do. There's literally nothing else that I need to stress about because I'm living 100% in my authenticity.
1: I like that. What, so how did you, so how did you get into writing a book? I mean, I'm assuming this is the first book you ever wrote, right? Oh yeah. So at that point, were you still struggling with the confidence or you'd already kind of got a hold of that and then so it's like now I want to write this book and how did you even like writing a book seems like it's a pretty daunting task if you've never done it before right
0: oh look I hate English yeah I hate the subject of English and I am ADD as can be okay so not being able to sit still and hate writing that really doesn't equal to writing a book Mm -hmm. but my co-author Carol Brandt she did a she hosted a summit for like authors and publishers so she was kind of in that atmosphere and it was conscious to her she approached me because we kind of developed a friendship because we had both lost over 100 pounds and she was like robbie we need to write a book no (laughs) not happening not only no but hell no like it's just the furthest thing from my radar not something i want to do she hounded me for six weeks Mm -hmm. like she was persistent and i finally said okay i'll at least sit down with you and hear you out and here's the reason why I sat down with her was <clears throat> after I lost over hundred pounds and became a health coach and started helping all these people, I could only do so on a one-to-one basis. And because I was still like shy and introverted, I would only do so when they would ask me. So my ability to help people was very limited. Yeah. It took her coming to me and saying, you know what? this is an opportunity like this is an opportunity for you to gain a larger platform and help a lot more people. It's, it's when you publish a book, now your book's out there in the world and it's not just you have an individual conversation. Now you have that mass. Yes. You absolutely have reach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, even when we're in the book writing process, you know, the whole time I'm thinking like, this is not going to be good enough. Like it's not going to be, it's not going to help people. That little voice. Oh man. That son of a bitch. Oh, that de- that demon that was son like of a bitch and sl- voice. Yeah. He was punching me every day. Yeah. So I'm on that journey and my, my own personal story was the last thing I turned in before the book was written uh-huh. just cause it was so hard for me to write. What's the other portions like? The other portion is like the mental side. So the book itself, it's about the psychology behind a health transformation with zero diet advice and zero, zero workout advice. Really? Because um, Nietzsche said that with, any, with, with a why you can conquer any how. Mm-hmm. So I knew if I wanted people to actually motivate themselves to become healthy, they'll figure out how to do it. So that was kind of the motivation behind the book. I, I knew that um, Naveen Jain has a, uh, a quote where he says, don't worry about leading the horse to water, just make them thirsty.
1: That's good. Yeah.
0: And that was kind of the, the thought behind the book. So when the book was published, I was like, part of my marketing campaign for the book was I did my bodybuilding competition. So I competed on a Saturday, published my book on a Tuesday. By Wednesday, I was a best-selling author. So it was like this whirlwind of being on a mountaintop um, of all these great things happened in my life. And then. We were best-selling authors on a Wednesday, because, by the way, Tuesday is the best day to publish a book. Okay. That's when people buy books. Cool. Um, Thursday, I flew to LA for a publishing event, speaking on stage, and it's great. That Monday, I go back to work. The following Monday. The following Monday, I go back to work, and... Back to reality. Yeah, I'm I'm done riding this magical carpet ride, and I'm I'm back grounded in reality, in the real world, in the real Here world. Books, yeah, of being a best sung author yet having to go to my nine to five and work for somebody else.
1: Is this before he fired you? Yeah, your, this is before yeah. he fired me.
0: Look, I wrote the entire book. He had no clue. Yeah, it wasn't until that the still trips me out, but it it wasn't until like the newspaper started reporting it, news started reporting it, and people were asking, like, telling me congratulations for writing a book, and he just kind of looks at me weird. Yeah, he had no clue. Um, but that Monday I get back to work and, you know, back to reality. But the whole time in my head, I'm like, man, you know, here I am telling everyone I'm a best thing author and it's all over the news. And I just hope it's good enough. I just, I, I hope that all that time, energy, and effort, you know, people aren't going to come to me and be like, bro, that book sucks. <laughs> that's, that's the thought inside of my head. And I'm sitting down with our accountant, going over some numbers, getting some checks cut. And one of the ladies that worked in the office next door, she pulled me aside and like she pulled me into an office and kind of shut the door behind us. And she's like, Robbie, I had no clue. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I'm, I'm in business mode at this point. I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? She goes, well, I haven't read all your book, but I read the first chapter. And I had no clue you went through all that. I'm dealing with that right now. Yeah. I see my kids dealing with that. And, I, and when she started talking about her kids, like fighting through the same stuff I went through, she started tearing up. And I knew at that point, no matter how uncomfortable it was writing that book no matter how uncomfortable it is me putting myself out there i'm helping someone
1: yeah and that's that probably that deeper level that you're talking about right that's not 100%. a car that's not a 100 a watch or it's it's, it's a it's a
0: deep meaning and i tell everyone now when you're in the service of others and like authentically trying to help people man that's the best crack there is mm-hmm. there is no greater high than changing someone's life Fishing in probably music's
1: real close, but really I'm gonna close gr- I'm gonna like, agree with you on that. Right under the totem yeah, pole. Right right behind that. Absolutely. Two. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So she tells you that and like then does that ease your mind as far as worrying about whether the book's good enough? You know, or does that still stay there?
0: Oh, I mean it's it's still there. Like I still look at my book now and because I've grown so much in the three years since it's been published, I'm like, man, I wish I could rewrite this, I wish I could go back to this. But the, the biggest thing it did for me was it showed me that my why and the things I wanted to do were so much bigger than my insecurities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now when I step on stage and talk in front of a 1,000 people, or just this past Tuesday, we sat down, and had like an intimate lunch in front of 50 something people where I'm, I'm going through like these, you know, my you know, depression and all these dark areas of my life. I'm, I'm sitting here telling this group of people, It's it's still scary, man. It's Mm -hmm. still it's still a struggle for me to think about saying that stuff in front of other people. But I know, but by me opening up like that, I'm gonna be able to tear down that wall and allow someone else to open up about theirs. And and I'm sure that helps you conquer all
1: that bullshit that was in there, right? You know what I mean? Like to turn it. Now you've turned it in your weakness into a strength.
0: It's a strength, and it's actually a a psychological principle. When you're dealing with something inside of you, Mm -hmm. just by you verbalizing it. Yeah, you're taking away its power. That's true. And even more, if you write it down and you take that jumbled up cobweb of negative thoughts in your head and you give it clarity on paper, that's actually your brain like digesting those thoughts and you're taking away its power because inside of your head it's scary. On paper, you're like, okay, that's just a problem waiting for a solution.
1: Right. Or sometimes you write it down or say it out loud. I know I've done this in the past and been like, what, what, like you said, once you get it out, then it's like, Really? That's what's got me so worried and stressed. hundred percent, man. Like I can fix that. But yeah. when it sits in there and rattles around and ping pongs back and forth in your head sometimes, right. it
0: creates this just disgusting kind of anxious feeling, you know? Oh, absolutely, man. So that's get, where that's where our depression and anxiety come from.
1: And, and getting getting after whatever that problem is, I think people if they're listening to this too, it's like sitting and not doing, that's the worst thing, man. That oh, is the man. worst thing. And I know it's like probably sometimes intimidating like where do i start you know how it's getting that first step sometimes in whatever it is you're dealing with but stewing is not good <laughs> like no you know, just get out there and do something right do some- even if it's not attacking the problem directly but if you don't know how go do something else you know like just be productive with your day
0: oh yeah 100 percent. i mean we were just watching Jocko Willink. Yeah. Him, um, a lot of leading psychologists from Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. um, they all they all talk about this because we've all, I don't care who you are, we've all dealt with some form of depression. Yeah. And the common theme that they all say across all these different disciplines is if you're like in that depressive state where you just think like, it just you just can't go on, get up in the morning and make your bed. I heard that. I heard Jordan Peterson say that. Yeah. I love that. I love Get up that. and make your bed. For me, it wasn't making my bed. For me, it was going to the gym. Every day? Just show up. Okay, yeah. Just show up at the gym. Yeah. You'll do something. Like, it's not going to be the best workout because you're still battling all mm-hmm. this and your energy's down. If you're new, you may not even know what to do. 100%. Right. But just showing up mm-hmm. at the gym and doing something, that for me started giving me those small wins. And I started slowly regaining my confidence. Um, and just because I was like, I was making myself do something. I said, you know what? I can do stuff. That sounds, that's good. That's real good.
1: Yeah. Showing up. I think that's way bigger, a piece of the pie than people realize. Oh man, it you is. Know? Because you're not going to be a hundred percent physically every day, mentally every day. Uh, there's going to be things that prevent you from doing what it is you need to do, whether it's the gym or, you know, the, that project that you've been wanting to work on. But the, the more times you show up than not is gonna be a good indicator of your success.
0: 100% because, you know, knowledge without action is like a bird without wings. Yeah. So you have this like, okay, I can do this, but unless you start doing it, mm-hmm. it means nothing. So many people, and like you see this, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves, so many people are addicted to motivation. So, but they don't do shit.
1: They don't do shit. It's like, uh, it's a good, another quote, it's not mine. It, you can read about push ups all day long. 100%. You're <laughs> not gonna do shit until no. you start doing some ups, you know no,
0: what I mean? I mean And when you look at it confidence is only built by action you don't gain confidence by listening to a tony robbins right he's going to motivate you right but true confidence to say i can go out there and do it you're not going to gain that until you actually take action like for instance playing college football Mm -hmm. when you first put that game film of like an alabama on there and you start looking at playing alabama like these guys are big They've got a great defense, great schemes. I played offensive line. So I had to learn all this. I played. Who'd you play for? played Southern Miss. Sweet. Southern Miss. I played center. Alum. Yes. To the top, baby. That's right. Um, so my job as center was to, I had to literally pick apart the defense and call Mm. it out. Like, Hey, they're going to run this. We need to do this. And when I first like watch game film, it was scary, man. So my confidence was like a zero. But the more I would watch game film and the more I would practice. Yeah. So I'd watch game film to learn Funny how that works. huh? And then I'd go into practice and actually apply what I just learned. So by the time we did that for a week straight and Saturday came running around, you have this level of confidence where you're not even thinking about it. It's just done. It, it, it moves from the conscious to the subconscious Yeah. where the defense moves around. I'm like, okay, they're about to do this, this, is you need to do this. You need to do this. Let's go. Right. And you're not even thinking about, oh man, they're going to do this. No, it's like, boom, your confidence is there and you just run with it.
1: I was talking to my nine year old. It's like, okay. similar parallel to this. It's yeah. like he's trying to like learn how to study. Like they're getting into science now and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, you know, you got to go over these, your homework, those study sheets, over and over again till you can recite it forwards, backwards, and inside out. Oh yeah. And it's gonna be a weird thing that's gonna happen when you take the test. You're gonna feel like you're cheating because easy. you're gonna know every it's you're gonna easy. know all the answers. It's gonna be weird. Right? Yes. compared to when you don't and you're like, oh, is it this? I don't know, I gonna guess at that. Yep. And I'm speaking from personal experience, You know, going through college and knowing the difference between when you prepared and when you didn't. Oh, so yeah. it's the same thing in life, school, whatever. I mean, the more prepared
0: you are, the better off you're gonna be. You practice hard to make the games easy. Yeah, exactly. Well, what do they say?
1: The game isn't won on Sunday? No. It's won the six days prior to that? You 100%. Know, or however much time you have to prepare? 100%. But I think another thing too, we could touch on too, is like, I think a lot of people don't get started whatever it is that they're doing because they're afraid to fail right yeah so how do you deal with that so and have you ever failed <laughs> <laughs> right have you ever oh, failed
0: F- failure is the way um so for me you know that, that quote even the journey of a thousand miles becomes a single step
2: mm-hmm.
0: so it if i'm living and this is something new to me because i've my fear of failure has kept me from a lot right a lot in my life even in athletics and here i am a all American, but still that fear of failure is just like, it's crippling me. Um, even some stuff in business where some opportunities I had, I didn't take because I was scared to fail. Mm -hmm. I had to go and we just kind of talked about this earlier. I had to go from that very, very insecure mentality of just being so scared of what everybody's going to think about me. What if I fail to saying, okay, bro, you know who you are in your core. Like, you know who your authentic self is. Just go full speed, a hundred percent effort in that direction. And if you fail, you learned.
1: That's like, I'm glad
0: you said that. Cause that's, Carol, that's Carol Dweck, say, yeah. she wrote a great book called the growth mindset. And that's what it is. It's saying that anything I go through life is an opportunity to learn, right? Fail, win, whatever happens. It's an opportunity for me to learn and me to move forward. One of my favorite quotes is when it comes to like, especially business, do learn, repeat mm-hmm. it's a simple process. You take action. Whether you win or lose, make a sale, miss a sale, whatever happens, you learn. You say, Okay, I could have done this better, I should have done this better. And then you just repeat repeat the process. Yeah. Just take more action and then learn. Take more action and learn. And if you keep doing that enough times, you're gonna become really, really good. I think
1: people it goes back to what we said earlier about uh, they won't ride the bus with you, but they'll show up to to ride in your Ferrari. I think a lot of times you don't realize that these people that, you know, whoever it may be, sports figures, singers, actresses, whatever. Uh, and varies, I'm sure, but everybody has their failures, you know what I oh, mean? Man. So, like, don't think that just that guy out there that girl is, like, that's really doing it right now. Like, go dig deeper and see where they started from. <laughs> see what their first, you know, uh, the first time they threw a pass, if it's football, right, or something, yeah. or the first team they were on, or the first album they ever wrote, or whatever. Chances are they probably had a little bit of growth along the way, and they just didn't stop.
0: Oh, man. You know, we're both huge music fans. Yeah. And go look at any, like, you know, I'm a rock, I'm a rocker. Mm. Go look at any rock band. I They're, always
1: go Google their demos and stuff like that. You can find it nowadays. Yeah, you Back can find we it nowadays.
0: But, with but think about this. They're just starting their band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we brought up Taylor Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got stories like this. They're like riding in this beaten down, rugged van, traveling halfway across country to a venue, normally sometimes sleeping in the van. Oh, yeah. Getting paid just enough To put gas in the van. Absolutely. And maybe get something to eat. Yep. That's a struggle. And how many bands have gone through that to eventually one day put out one song Mm -hmm. that sends them to the next level? I mean, the Beatles. The first time the Beatles went into a studio, they were told they would never be anything because bands with guitars don't make it right now. Yeah. And they're the freaking Beatles. It worked out for them. It worked out a little bit, yeah. yeah but how many how many bands like just went through years and years of going to every single bar, with people throwing beer cans at them, trying to be successful before mm-hmm. they had that breakthrough. And not giving up. Not giving not up. Giving That's up. the key.
1: Where, where are you at right now then? So like where, I know you talked about the nonprofit, you go and speak with children, mm-hmm. right? Is that to catch them early, right?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> when I first started my nonprofit, of course, I was still in that physical world. Mm-hmm. Let me go in here and talk about diet and nutrition and try to get these kids healthy because I know what I went through being a fat kid in school, it's not pretty. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, let me go and intervene. And I started with like elementary, they're too young. Elementary school kids, as soon as they get home, their parents are like, No, I bought this, you're eating this. Right. So I'm like, okay.
1: And that's bad when they're feeding them shit,
0: right? Oh man, if if parents knew mm-hmm how bad it was because you're literally like when you give a small kid and i know i'm stepping on some parents toes here but i don't care step away i'm gonna step hard i'm stomping Stomp. in my boots yep when you give a kid at a very young age sugar you're literally writing the chemicals in their brain you're hardwiring their brain to need immediate gratification Because how many times is a kid bad and you see a parent give them candy to shut them up? Yeah. So now, every time something bad in their life happens, if they don't have immediate gratification, and this is an addiction at a chemical level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The neurons in your brain literally have to fire this way. And if they don't, something's wrong. Like, it sends signals through your entire body that something's wrong because I did not get the immediate gratification I was addicted to. Yeah. So, yeah, when you look at the studies of nutrition on kids. I mean, epigenetics is a whole new study that I love looking into, but it's, it's crazy. So I started there and i realized, okay, I'm just not having the impact I want to have. Like I'm not creating enough of a difference. So I moved from there to, okay, let me work with the teachers. Like, let me work with the teachers because I know like both my parents are teachers and coaches. So I saw the impact they had on kids. Big time. Big time. Cause a lot of times, you know, kids, we don't listen to our parents, but right. we'll listen, we'll listen to our coaches. Absolutely. So I'm like, okay, let me go work there and we did a pilot program where we had 27 teachers complete a 90-day program and we lost over 280 pounds the teachers did the teachers did this, this is a, this is the program that you did like you program, yeah the program that i put in so we averaged just over 10 pounds of weight loss in a 90-day period for each teacher damn it was a good program it was it was solid and honestly 90% of what i taught was mental yeah forming habits making better decisions And we saw some carryover effect. Like for teacher appreciation day, the kids were bringing their teachers apples instead of candy. Right. Because like, oh, we've seen you're you're living a healthy life. Like, we want to help. And I'm like, okay, this is great. But, man, I I, I know there's a better way. So I started thinking like, okay, elementary school is too young. Like, they're not making their own decisions. High school kids, like juniors and seniors, yeah, I'd love to work with them because they're easier to work with. But at that point, they're almost becoming you know, dogmatic in their thinking. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very proud of their thoughts at that age. So I, I kind of back down a little bit to that sweet spot of let me get where kids are starting to form their opinions of the world. You mm-hmm. know, eighth to 10th grade range, and it's, it's getting younger and younger by the year. It's crazy, these kids, the stuff they're dealing with. But let me get to where kids are making their own decisions and let, let me go talk to them there. And the new message that I'm trying to get out to these kids is in a very dark world, you can be the light, right? You don't have to be the victim. Like no matter what's going on around you, your, your current situation has nothing to do with your identity of who you are. So I'm, I'm trying to like just get them to unleash like that superhero we have. Right. Every single one of us has inside of us. I dig it. Yeah. Cause everybody's
1: got something. I, 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 I believe that for sure. Absolutely. You know what I mean? you may not know what it is. You may not have dug deep enough to even try to figure that out yet. You may right. not be asking the question yet. Hundred percent, but it's there. It is there. You just got to figure it out. What do you tell? What do you tell adults? Or and how is it different to the eighth to tenth grader? What is the cliff note version of diet? What you eat. Okay, so because that's a weird word anyway, right? It's yeah, that that word's been like drugged through the mud, and its its meaning is is just it's not good, right? Diet meaning what you eat, not diet meaning you know a 30 day fix all yeah what it like what is it uh what are those companies uh Jenny Craig or some shit yeah, which yeah. some of those do have some success. slim fast yeah slim fast that's a better one cuz it yeah. kind of faded out but right. we're going to drink shakes and where the life's going to be different mm-hmm. right that's bullshit like what do you tell them like what is
0: so you know you get a- i get asked this question a lot i mean i i laugh at the texts and messages i get about just, just every new fad diet i think the biggest fad right now literally across the country is the keto diet. Yeah, yeah. I everybody's mean, talking about I'm it. I'm in San Antonio this past weekend working with some people teaching them biohacking and I'm getting asked about the keto diet and like every time I get asked about it, I just laugh now. And yeah, keto, if you do it right, it is a good diet. Any diet that you go on is good if you stay disciplined. Mm-hmm. So two questions that I always ask people. The first question, well, it's, a, it's a question and a statement. The first question I always ask people that when they ask me about any diet is can you do this the rest of your life? hmm most of the time, it's no. Like just this past week, a lady asked me about the keto diet. I simply asked her, "Well, can you eat like that the rest of your life?
1: Steaks and bacon for the rest of my life? I could probably do it. <laughs> if you're doing right? keto right, <laughs> right, that's not it. It's a different yeah. story. It's a different story. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you can eat ba- bacon and butter the rest of your life and be keto and probably die really right. early. Yeah,
1: some cardiovascular issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. So that's but you all- went out happy though.
0: And hey, if that's what you want to do, Do then by all means do it. I hear you. If you want to drink whiskey and eat bacon the rest of your life, hey, more power to you. You can't argue with somebody who's doing that. No, (laughs) absolutely not, bro. More power to you. That's Um, right. And the second thing, like my recommendation that I always give people is eat the highest quality farm to table diet you can eat. Yeah. If you're eating whole foods in their unprocessed form, it's hard to go wrong. I mean, you can't get fat eating broccoli and asparagus. It's tough. It's tough, man. It's a lot of shit. You know, and... Probably the biggest missing factor I see in most people' diet, most people's diets, is they're not eating enough healthy fats. Okay, that's always the missing factor. Well, that
1: was the big thing back in the day, right? Don't eat fat. Fat makes oh, you man. fat. If yeah. you eat fat,
0: you, right? There was like fat free salad dressings,
1: oh, right? Man. But they had seventy grams of sugar, sugar in them. Yeah. yeah.
0: If you if you want to, if you really want to hear me go on a rant, we'll start talking about the food pyramid.
1: Yeah, that's horseshit too. Oh god. Yeah. So
0: the food pyramid, when they Government propaganda, oh, it, <laughs> it is it's crazy. So when they first commissioned these scientists to go out and study what should the American diet look like? Mm -hmm. They went out there and they studied how people eat, how they eat healthy and did all this research. They came back, presented their findings to Congress. We're not using this. (laughs) That's exactly what Congress said and here's here's why. We can't sell it. It's not that we can't sell it, we can't afford it. Our people on assistance, we can't afford to feed them like that because Mm. all those products they're supposed to be eating are too expensive. Okay. So let's take your findings flip them completely upside down let's do the opposite of that let's do the exact opposite because we can afford that right and carbs simple carbs became the number one food staple if you look at the pyramid food pyramid that's put out by the fda your carbs are the base of the pyramid grains right yeah yeah it shouldn't be like bread and shit yeah you don't need eight to ten servings of bread every day to sit behind a computer you don't need it but it is good it's very good taste wise hey look i'm italian that's all we eat, man. Dude, Texas toast with garlic and butter
1: on it. Go go a little while without that and then eat it. That's, oh, bro. Dude, it's like the 4th of July in your mouth.
0: It, it, it releases so many feel-good hormones. <laughs> Don't horror. it? Don't so it? So like, many endorphins in your brain. But
1: shit, so then what? So And this is the only thing that I've been trying to do lately is like if you ever do the math on a 2,000-calorie-a-day diet mm-hmm. and start adding up what you're eating right now for most people, you're going to blow 2,000 oh, in the first – like six bites of what you're probably eating. Yeah. Right. So you start looking at you are like this math doesn't work. Like how can I only eat 2000 calories in a day if I'm eating? Cause that was another big thing, right? You have to have three meals a day, mm-hmm. six really right. Three. And then some snack brunch in between. And, but they're smaller. Obviously was supposed to be, but I was like, I can't keep up with all this shit. No, what I'm going to do, I'm going to set it on a clock from 11 a to like eight P. That's the only time I can eat. Three hundred are intermittent fasting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then I'm going to try not to eat is, you know, carbohydrates and sugar.
0: Yeah, so we could could get into the science of all of this. Um, When it comes to, like, fitting calories into your caloric budget, the problem that most people make is they eat calorie-dense food Mm -hmm. and not nutrient-dense food. Do you know how many vegetables you would have to eat to eat 2,000 calories? And that's the point right there. You'd have to eat a truckload. Oh, my goodness. It's almost
1: like they were designed (laughs) by some... Smarter being, some Imagine smarter thing, that. right? Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? Raisin bran is not what I need to wake up to, because I used to think that, man. It's Bro, healthy.
0: Cinnamon toast crunch, man. It's healthy all day long. It's healthy. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely healthy. It's got grains. Healthy. It's got raisins. It's yeah, got fruit, you know, right? eighty
1: grams of sugar per two tablespoons mm-hmm. or something it's got crazy. Fruit in it. Um, yeah.
0: So if you're eating nutrient dense food, mm-hmm. which is fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, healthy fats, eating two thousand calories is a lot of food. It is. I mean. A lot of times when I switch a client from going from a processed diet, which is a clork dense diet to a nutrient dense diet, they always complain, Robbie, I can't eat this much. much. Yeah. I can't eat this much. I'm like, you're actually eating less
1: calories than you were. Yeah. And if you're already insecure about shit, then they probably get nervous too. Right? Oh my goodness. dude. They? like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I I can't eat this much. much. Yeah. I can't eat this much. I'm like, yeah. you're eating
0: less calories. Yeah. But it's just more volume. Right. Cause I'm, I'm like, look, I'm a fat kid at heart. I'm still a fat kid. I need volume in my diet. I need to feel full. Right. So I can't do that eating the garlic toast and the pastas mm-hmm. and all that. I can't do that because then I'm going to blow up again. Mm-hmm. So I literally eat like when I make a salad. Right. My man, it's a mixing bowl. Yeah. Like it, it, most people look at my size salad and they're like, Rob, you can eat all that? I'm like, well, yeah, hell yeah I'm going to eat it's all romaine that. romaine or it's a iceberg, dude. There's no. There's well, it's no- I always do like, like the darker greens just because they have some actual right. nutrients. Right, right, right. Um, But yeah, I mean. There's ways to eat where you're totally satisfied, you're totally like you're totally filled up, mm-hmm. but you're eating healthy food.
1: That's the trick, I think for people, and that's the hard part.
0: It is. It is and because most people have two misconceptions. In order to lose weight, I have to starve myself, right? In order to lose weight, I I'm going to miss everything that I had before. <laughs>
1: Anthony just walked in with some jacked up coffee. Some some more coffee. Yeah, and uh we were already on that. <laughs> we're on a podcast shout for out nine to, hours. Yeah, shout out to uh, jacked up coffee. We're gonna yeah. do this. There's gonna be a twenty four hour podcast uh, marathon at this point.
0: <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Jump in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Might as well. I mean shit. I wanna <laughs> fill my skin crawl.
0: Hey bro, co- coffee actually fights cancer. There you go. And it so gives you energy. It gives you amazing amounts of energy. But that, but How you doing, man?
1: The uh so the takeaway, though, and here's how I heard it framed up one time that made a, a shit ton of sense to me. And the guy had a whiteboard out, and it was it looked really cool. He mm-hmm. had all the names of the diets: keto. Um, help me out here. Like, what what's some more? Oh though. man,
0: keto, there, paleo. There you go. Um, the vertical diets a new one out now. Adkins. There you there go. And he so was like, many.
1: he had all these like little like uh, all the names written out on a whiteboard, and he said all of these things have to accomplish the same task in whatever form they do it to get you to eat less calories. Yes. Right. So that's really
0: the takeaway. hundred percent. Eat less calories. At the end of the day, it's a simple equation of calories in calories out.
1: Like a bank account, but in reverse where it's hard, (laughs) where the bank account is hard to make
0: grow, calories are easy to make grow. Very easy. They should
1: switch that. I don't know who's in control of that, but they could do that. (laughs) Make money, you know,
0: please. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And the goal of any diet is to keep you disciplined in eating less calories. Now that's not. What would
2: you suggest about
0: this blueberry muffin <laughs> I'm about to stuff my face with right here? i was sitting her eyeballing. I'm like, I'm mm, had, really yeah. had to good. announce it because there's no way I'm going to be able to fuck with this wrapper without... Uh, yeah, that's cool. So. <laughs> it's
1: it's a protein uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, it's muffin. got protein in it. We're good. Um, Blueberries n- are good for you, right? Blueberries oh, yeah, are fine. Absolutely. Blueberries are fantastic. Um, it's probably zero carb, too. So, yeah, any the goal of any diet is to get you disciplined in a caloric deficit. Mm-hmm. But... What most people forget in the whole quote-unquote dieting process is their health. Okay. Health and losing weight, they have to be the same thing because the whole reason you're eating healthy, your whole reason you're eating less and you're going on this diet is to be healthy, but most people look at it for vanity reasons. Right. I don't care what it takes, I'm going to lose this weight. Well, what if you just took two years off of your life?
1: Well, those are the rebounders too, right? Oh,
0: man. Every time. Yeah. Every time. When you, go on, when you restrict yourself to that point- where you're starving or cutting out whole food groups, your body adapts to it. And then when you start eating it again, Mm -hmm. oh man, your body like just sucks it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Give me one, one quick meal. Like a, like this is a lunch. This is what your plate should have on it. Okay. Um, for people listen, right? Just something, something simple, super simple,
0: something simple. So like if you're thinking of a plate of food, yep. Think of a protein, you have that protein and then another section would be carbs. You try to get most of your carbs from vegetables. Yes. I mean, you can have some slow-burning carbs like sweet potato, quinoa, brown rice, stuff like that. But get most of your, most of your carbs from vegetables. And then have a healthy fat. A healthy fat's going to be avocado. Ooh, bro. Um, bro. I know. Dude. I live on avocado. Dude, those things are legit. Oh, it's so good. And avocado is honestly one of the top three healthiest foods you can eat.
1: Long time ago, I was intimidated by them because I didn't know how to... Open them, unwrap yeah, them. Yeah, 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 didn't know how to do it. I mean, you can do this all has kinds been a while. Of
0: shit with it too,
2: right? Like, I mean, I saw a guy make bacon, season it up just right, slice it into strips, put it in the oven just right, and make bacon out of it. I saw a guy make an, an eggplant? eggplant too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Damn. I've, I've yeah, actually I mean, made ice cream out of avocado.
1: Really I have like, heard of that. I saw it on yeah, one of those cooking shows. Really good. Cool. Yeah, um, uh, it's a legit superfood though. It, it and is. And it, it tastes it. great. If you don't like the way it tastes, then I don't really know what's wrong with it. I'm sorry. Because I've met a couple people. They're weird. Yeah, they're like I don't
0: like the texture. I don't
1: trust them.
2: Ugh, yeah. yeah, my kid will say that shit about like
0: onions or something, I and am. they'll like, eat a Cheeto. So. Yeah, I'm not that's gonna some get fucking cardboard, man. My, that's my wife this does is. That. this is
2: a Cheeto right here. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Probably got the same components in it. Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: So, uh, so a, a protein, uh, good, like uh, good source of carbs, right? Not, not like because the difference between good carb, bad carb is how quickly your body breaks it down and how Correct. much of an insulin spike it gives you, right? Right. So right. your vegetables typically don't do that, right? And then a what was the last one? Healthy fat. Healthy fat. That's right.
0: There you go. Right. So I mean. I heard one doctor say he's a cardiovascular doctor. He said, the only reason you eat vegetables is so you can drink olive oil. I don't get it. What does he mean by that? So olive oil, it's got a high healthy fat content. Yes. And it tastes amazing. And it tastes amazing. Like literally cook all your vegetables in olive oil and they, they taste so much better. You'll eat vegetables at that point. But olive oil, like people don't eat it because it's high in calories. Mm -hmm. One thumb of olive oil is a hundred calories. Yeah. And people get scared by that. Yeah. But because of the content of it, Unless you're overconsuming it, it actually helps you burn fat. I get it. It's a fat that helps you burn fat because it's so healthy.
1: Yeah. One of the things with the keto, what is, what is the name for for most vegetables? Uh, starts with an L. Do you know it? Lu I can't remember. It's the class of bio in biology of what they are. I don't remember what it's called. Anyway, somebody was like, "Yeah, but you can't really eat a lot of like peas and." and lima beans and stuff like that legumes that's the word they're okay thank so you beans very much a, yeah. Look, it's a bean. that's what i'm saying beans yeah. i said vegetables yeah Excuse the me. beans not i bean was like i'm out two they're
2: totally different food groups they have the,
0: well legumes have too many legumes. carbs right. to be on a keto diet mm-hmm. so if you're on a keto diet you're taking in less than like 20 or 30 carbs a day that's including vegetables right i mean Fuck if that. you eat spinach i'm not doing that no if you doing spinach it's got like five or six carbs in it
1: spinach i love lima beans Oh, yeah. Love llama.
2: And they're healthy. Who's thinking that I watched the other day? I saw a guy talking about how you can get all the protein you would ever need out of uh, the right amount of just broccoli and brown rice in a day. You got guys surviving. Protein, them, I, don't like. know. I don't
0: Bro, know. Bro, like you can get it from look. vegetables, though. Uh, you're going to have to go out there and eat a truckload yeah. of broccoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, believe I think you. I think like 100 grams of broccoli has like two or three grams of protein. protein and 100 rice, grams of broccoli the, is like this big. What's the yeah.
2: protein intake just across the board for something like a rhinoceros or a gorilla that's eating... Just, yeah, just roughly. I've, I've heard shit, that you know? argument
1: or that counterpoint or whatever, but they uh, they may, they have different I mean, digestive that, systems and they can break things down differently too, yeah. and also genetic components to that. Mm-hmm. Like they're wired to be that big. Yeah, because honestly,
2: chimps eat vegetables and shit, but they'll eat your face off too. They so. will also do yeah. that. One hundred percent. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I think that's a good takeaway, though, from from it. It's like you just have to eat less calories. Then that's the that's the thing.
0: If you're eating whole foods, it's hard to do. That's all you have to do. If yeah. you're eating the best quality whole foods you can possibly eat, that's all you got to worry about. Do you have about.
1: a cheat day? Do you do a cheat day? Oh, still? Absolutely, have to, huh? Yeah, sanity, mental health.
0: Oh, bro, absolute mental health. And what do from- you
1: what do you like when when it's cheat time? Like, what are we? What do you just
0: attack? So this to this past, well, my go to is always pizza. Bro, yes. You ever met yes. anybody yesterday.
1: that that? Straight up doesn't like pizza.
0: Yes, I have, and I don't. I don't trust him. That's a weird that's person, so man. Weird. I've never
1: met him. I don't think I've ever met him. Now, yeah, that's there's sus- certain pizzas that suck. Yeah, certain yeah, People don't like certain toppings. Like I'm not. A, I'm not a deep don't dish don't guy. Pizza well. Right, that's different. You yeah. just straight up don't like pizza. Yeah, that's just so weird. That's a weird individual. The
2: idea of a pizza is perfect. It's like the idea of a sandwich. Put what you want on a sandwich, but a sandwich, come on, man. It's easy to eat, dude. You just fucking grab it and bite it. I've that's been those right there
1: multiple times for my love of sandwiches. Really? Oh, bro. I own it. I own it. It's I don't a different care. different kind
2: of sandwich with you, bro. Well, whatever.
1: Yeah. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, so uh, where was we at with that? Yeah, so,
0: like, I love pizza this past weekend. Cheat meal. Me and my come business back. partner Did it. went to San Antonio for work. He is first generation Mexican. Oh bro, so too. we're going to the Mexican restaurant where I'm only gringo in the place. Mm-hmm. Like it's that good. Yep. And we're eating like barbacoa and these like fajitas and it's like this amazing Mexican food. Bro, I'm just like, I'm tearing it up. Mm-hmm. It was so good because- Most of that's the whole foods really, other than maybe your tortilla, right? Unless you were
1: doing a bunch of chips and like-
0: Yeah, I mean it is, but I mean, you, then you start overeating it and it's cooked yeah. in oils and mm-hmm. like not the healthy oils. Um, so yeah, I mean the problem with most cheat meals the problem with people eating cheat meals is they overconsume calories. If you have like a piece of pizza and that's all you eat, like you could do that. Everywhere. That's not cheating. That's not cheating. <laughs> no. Right. That's just calling her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah cheating Cheating, you're cheat, is, you're gonna, you're cheating gonna, is sitting I down, mean, down the and the eat a whole, whole box. Pizza. Yeah. Cheating yeah. is fucking Thanksgiving pizza. day. Like yeah. right. that's
2: cheating, what people do to themselves Absolutely. on the holidays. Let's sit
0: definitely. down and eat 5,000 calories in one yeah, sitting. Bro, that's crazy. And then go in a coma. Well,
2: Two what, days uh, after Thanksgiving, I got the fucking pan out of the fridge. Like warm it up one bit at a time in the oven, just right, and then just sit in on the floor in front of the PlayStation with a pan of all of Thanksgiving dinner. Eat,
1: not that's until you're good. full, but until it hurts hurt and you that. hate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm happy about it. Whenever I'm done. Oh, bro, well, but you, you know, you've never that's had me, issues. It, it
0: releases those endorphins, those feel-good hormones, bro. You get in your little comfy place on the couch, Damn and right. you take an amazing nap. Yes, yeah, sir.
1: and that's heaven. So that's how I feel about it. Exactly. That's what heaven's gonna be like when you get there.
0: Thanksgiving. Heaven, yeah, heaven is, is anyway, gonna be. You don't any Yeah, yeah yes. you, you do your thing, and you just like. Shop. Heaven's gonna be like eating pizza, cheeseburgers, Mexican food, <laughs> that's and never it is. gaining a no, calorie.
1: No, no, no. The more of it you eat, the more shredded you get. Health, oh, food, that's health it, food makes you sick. That's that's it. Don't tease me, yeah, bro. I'm talking about you just running down like veined out, jacked up on the beach. You're like, how'd you do it? Eating pizza. Discipline and health food make you sick in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it. Amazing. <laughs> like then you look around like, wait a second, this is hell, isn't it? Something's not right. Son of a bitch, this is gonna be true. Yeah, gotcha.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I got a buddy doing uh doing ketogenics. Uh I got a, everybody's got a bunch of friends doing that right now. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a hot thing. Yeah. Uh he's man, he'll go into ketosis and dude, I, he fast for 3 days.
1: A lot of people do, that. That, do that What is do you,
2: that? Is that part of Because we just had a discussion about by this. By the way,
1: this is Anthony Patel. I don't know if we introduced you when you walked in. Everybody I, knows your voice
2: by matter. now. On, I on hope so. Podcast. I hope so. That's a but, good
1: thing. Th- so I touched on that a minute ago, though, about the intermittent. And I really do like the right. way that works. And it goes back to what you were saying, too, about why you make the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that earlier. But it has made me realize everybody knows what hunger feels like, right? Right. And I think people that overeat or that were, you know... Bigger people, or whatever, as soon as you feel that, like usually you eat before that, and, yeah, yeah. and definitely when you feel that, you eat.
0: You eat D- when you have a craving, not hunger. They're two different things.
1: Correct. But I think big people do both like eat oh, for wow, cravings, 100%. and then if they ever really do get hungry for whatever reason, they're oh, bro, like, it's, it's on. Listen, man, when to just
2: develop that sensation, whether it's a craving or whatever, they're, they're definitely more frequently. Man, I need something to eat for whatever reason. Well, like, but it's hardwired, ke- man. But yeah. It is. But I think where you're headed is what ketosis is and how, like, you don't you don't feel hungry. Well, at the, that point, right? Yeah. So what I was mean, going, it, I just of, had it explained to me a few times, dude. I'm not in ketogenics, bro. I promise. <laughs> no, we
1: just <laughs> saw you not. eat the blueberry muffin. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, but so for me, I was like, well, let's try this intermittent thing where you just eat on hours, right? right? Like between this hour and this hour, mm-hmm. eleven eight. And I was like, okay, so let's try it. Well, I started feeling hungry in the morning and I'm like, okay, well, let's explore what hunger is, right? Are you on fire? No. Is it slightly uncomfortable? Yeah. Is working out sometimes put you in situations that's kind of slightly uncomfortable right. too? Can you deal with this? And it's like, I don't know, let's try. And so over time you start realizing like, yeah, I can be a little bit hungry and not, my head's not going to explode. Like I'm not going to die and I'll eat whenever it's time. Like right. early, that was kind of a revelation you know what i mean like, like you realize road, you can be in control of that
2: yeah earlier we're on the road and you said how hard is it going to be for you to quit smoking dude and i said bro really not that hard it's really not because you just decide well until you do it though. i'm gonna stop well i mean but i've done it for time and i'm just a lazy fuck and i don't fucking care and you, but how so hard answer, is it really hard. my dad called his buddy and was like hey kyle we're done we're gonna stop smoking today mm-hmm. and kyle's like okay and they just threw them away, dude, and just yep. didn't think I like how you your dad like do it and fucking do it. He's got it. like a
1: minion. Like, hey, we're done Costs, smoking. Buddy, yeah. Yeah, hey, bro, we're, we're done smoking. And, you're and you're I need your bank information. Yeah, come yeah over.
0: Sure. So, yeah, the first time I ever did a full-out three-day fast, three-day water only, I didn't do it. Like, there's a ton of health benefits, and we can go down yeah. the list. I've of, heard
1: some of the studies
0: or whatever yeah, they say. There's a ton of health benefits of just your body just, like, resetting itself. I did it for mental reasons. Because I was just, I needed, I needed, like we talked about earlier, I needed some some confidence in myself. Correct. And I like, can,
1: I'm driving.
0: Like, I'm controlling this. Mm-hmm. And if I could do a three-day fast, what else is there? You know, like I could do anything at that point because I'm so addicted to food. So the first day. You're hungriest, was, right? It, no, the second day I was hungriest. The first oh, day really? was pretty easy. Um, going to sleep the first night was a little bit difficult just because I'm hungry at that point. The second day is the weirdest day because that's kind of the transition day of your body Saying, I'm oh, hungry, <laughs> I don't have any food, I need energy. Let me go from burning carbs for energy to burning fat, mm-hmm. ketosis, for energy. Does it take 24 hours? I've heard people say different things, but I guess so, on a straight fast, it's a, quicker, right? In a straight fast, it's a lot quicker. Yeah. If you're if you're eating and going into ketosis, it can take up to a month.
1: Okay,
2: I heard um,
0: like
1: three days. I was like, shit, I'm
2: never doing that. Yeah, it, Dude, it, it, Jimmy, it, Jimmy burned uh, 64 pounds on ketosis in like five weeks yeah five weeks that's unhealthy weeks <laughs> yeah and look dude there were times that, that is not that the way not to do it. Tell you, there were times there were times where he oh, he shit. would straight up say like man i just feel horrible well, and i'd say well man that, oh, shit. that's that's <laughs> the part of that's you're not the doing part it right of no. this that you're doing that is way too extreme whether yeah, yeah. you know right or wrong whatever but um we constantly because there's nobody in the casino at four o'clock in the morning we're always talking about one thing or another and these guys are up there arguing about ketogenics one guy's all for it and one guy's all against it yeah it's like watching the right and the left oh man. bro 100 yeah. the there's it's no right so or wrong awesome. answer it's so amazing so how come it can't just be that if there's something that you feel is technically based on homeostasis wrong with you something's out of whack mm-hmm. you have a symptom treat your symptoms first with diet before you do anything else treat everything in your life with diet before you treat it with anything else is that fair? It's
1: to not say, in the medical it? community right now, but there's a big push for that. So everybody wants a pill. Dull. Everybody wants a pill. Yeah, like procedure. and that's do. how we
0: build. So that's why it's that way. But Hippocrates, <laughs> the father of modern medicine, Hipp- mm-hmm. Hippocratic oath. Yes, he said, "Let food be thy medicine." Yeah. Bang. Yeah, and I all it. disease. I didn't know that, but that's, all disease begins makes in the gut. A bunch of if, sense. if you, yeah, there's a lot of like gut like, health, bro. Yeah, gut health controls yeah. your immunity. Yeah, eighty percent of your immunity is in your gut. Seventy to ninety percent of the feel-good hormones in your brain are produced in the gut. So if your gut's messed up you're done like you just might as well forget about it mm-hmm. um so that's always the first place to start but yes my big thing with people in their health is mm-hmm. exactly what you just said everybody's always addressing the symptoms mm-hmm. why don't we get to the damn root cause of what's really right. going on yeah. why don't we start there with nutrition with exercise with living a healthy life number one i number can tell one, you one barrier right off the bat one.
1: one barrier is because typically that's that's a lot
0: harder than taking a time it's harder and it takes time it, it does. and it takes discipline and look Prescription medicine has its place 100%. 100% yeah, if no you've doubt. got like a chemical imbalance, you've got something really messed up inside your body, you need to go get help. Yeah. But for most people, um, look, it kills me the amount of people with like some type of anxiety, depression, like some type of mental health issue mm-hmm. that just want to go get medicated. It's 80%, here's a number, it's stupid, 80% of the people that go see their doctor are on some type of antipsychotic. Yeah. Wow. I think it comes from people wow. that—that's nuts. Well, there's no gratification in in, certain, in
1: a lot of people's lives, right? You go to no. this job that, that you meaning thing we talked about earlier. Yeah, exactly. You don't like. You don't get rewarded from it. You don't. Uh, your maybe your boss is a dick, or your product that you do is not really instantly. You know, it doesn't give you that. I built a desk, and there's the desk, and that desk right. is nice. You know, you don't get that. Right. So they, but then they don't realize like go outside of what you do, your work, whatever, and get into something. Yeah. Write a book. Go to the gym. Do something do you find whatever, meaning. Whatever it is. Whatever. Start a podcast that's not very good. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> yeah,
2: Start right. one that's fine. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. Whatever.
0: But, you know, just people aren't willing to do the work it takes. So they're just looking for that band-aid. They're looking for that immediate gratification. And it drives me nuts because, you know, with me, I could have, like, there's so many times I could have just gone for immediate gratification. I mean, I was in the bodybuilding world one time, and steroids were all around me. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know what? For my message and for what I'm trying to do, I can't do that. It's going to ruin everything that I'm about. I mean, I have nothing against that. If, they, if you want to do that route, like more power to you. But there's so many times in my life from dealing with my depression, you know, a couple times in my life where I've, you know, just said, this is enough. I can't handle anymore. I just want to be gone. I don't want to wake up tomorrow. Yeah, I could have gone and got pills mm-hmm. and just masked those symptoms. But I'm like, you need to do the work because that's not actually fixing anything. Fix the foundation and then build 100%. something on top of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What, uh, where, so where are you now? I, I asked this a second ago and we got into your speaking to the, the children and stuff like that. So what else outside of that are you doing right now? Like what's, what, you know, I heard you say the book was
0: three years ago, Right, it was volume two coming. Like, what are we doing? Oh, uh, there's definitely gonna be another book. I've, I've gone like through so much since that book was published. So it, it's coming. I'm just, mm-hmm. it's gonna be more about, even more about mental health. Um, but right now I'm a results coach. Which okay. is a holistic approach to health, mental, physical, um, just the whole compass encompassing like your happiness and your well being. Um, so I'm doing that. Um,
1: how does how do you how do, what's the market for that? Because for for me, for somebody that, that almost and I've watched some of the videos around things like that, but it may sound abstract to some people. Oh, it is. It how, absolutely is. Yeah. So how do they like? Who are the people you work with? Is it everyday Joes or is it like
0: is this competition athletes? Both? Neither? It's anybody. Who wants to achieve more in life? Okay, it's. I mean, it's. it's, Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to lose weight and everybody wants to do that. But how many people are sick and tired and sick and tired? Mm -hmm. Like they're just sick and tired of like their life, and they know they're they're meant for more. They know they have more inside them. They know there's potential in there they haven't tapped into yet.
1: So they reach out to you.
0: That's my market.
1: Okay, I like that's a that's probably a huge market.
0: It's a big. The problem with that market is everybody wants that done for free.
1: They, yeah. they, they,
0: they don't understand. And like, how do you
1: quantify success in that too? Right? Right. Exactly. I, I mean, lost five pounds. Thank you. But if it gets more abstract than that, like,
0: right. I mean, you can quantify with weight loss, you can quantify it. I'll tell you a funny story in a second. It's a beautiful story. You can quantify it with like, I've worked with people that have increased their ROI in their business. Yeah. I mean, if you're functioning higher, you're, you you have more energy, you're thinking clearly, of course you're able to uh, go out there and do more business, um, One of the most beautiful things I ever heard from a client was he had lost weight. He was making more money in his business. like He had all these metrics Mm -hmm. that showed success. But he said, Robbie, no matter out of all the things that you've been able to help me with in my life, and I'm extremely thankful for it, the biggest thing you've done for me in my life is me and my wife are having sex again.
1: Is that a physical for him as far
0: as like he looks better so now he's willing? Or... It's, he has he's more, just he has confident. more confidence yeah. because we worked on some, you know, insecurity stuff. They're right. communicating more. He's, he's actually, actually like dating her again. Right. They said, Rob, that's the biggest thing you did for me is me and wife having sex again.
1: Well, that's always a good
0: thing. All right. Yeah. I'm like, for bro, him. I mean, more, yeah. absolutely. High five. Right. Yeah. Oh, I did. I, I gave him high five on that one. That's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. So, so how do people get in touch with you? Like if that's, if they're listening to this and they think that's something that they, they need or they want to they really want to fuck their wife again yeah. they really do. you might have a whole market in that bro right? that's that's a big yeah. market bang my wife again i'm calling robbie
2: <laughs>
0: that's yeah. a big market um, not
2: fucking your wife want to yeah. fuck her yeah want to no, yeah. want her to want to fuck you <laughs> yeah.
0: call me up <laughs> yep um so just robbie is my website um all the social media is at robbie d'angelo okay and that's really the easiest place to find me um email address is robbie at robbiedangelo. it's all pretty, pretty what's simple. the good story you're going to tell us um. So I was gonna tell you that story about that client. Oh, that was it. That was yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that yeah. to me. That's a that's a beautiful thing. That is. That is.
2: It is, dude. Because that's you know getting fucking two humans to tear their gear off and go at it is like so. It's so, <laughs> like it's so difficult, it, yeah. man. Re- it's, reigniting it's so passion. Hard. Reigniting. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Trying to get that fired back up because there is a line where like I had that deck a hundred times. I don't need it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. She ain't excited. He ain't excited for whatever reason. Right. And lust wears off. Yeah. Yes, it does. Lust wears off, man. It's fun to keep it going, man. You know, it's really, it's fun to, it's fun to try and figure out like what we're going to, what we're we gonna do next? let yeah. some fucking weird shit. It goes into that new later under- weird <laughs> anyway, though. So oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and yep. there that is. yeah. No, but uh, I mean,
2: like I can I get it. I get it. I just I know every fucking married couple, you married, you know. I mean, everybody goes through those ups and downs of where well, do. you're fucking working all the time, she's working all the time, the kids mm-hmm. are driving her crazy, she's a fucking house is a wreck. she don't feel like it, yeah. whatever. And all those same things can apply to you or any combination of them so okay and you take your physical health out of that and it's oh, still yeah. vastly complicated so when you can factor in diet and lifestyle as far as your physical exercise routine and shit like that man I, I, yeah it's grossly important i can
1: remember my grandma telling me about like she said like you have to uh, and she's old school got married young still married until my grandfather passed away she was like, look, you know, you have to be a good Buck parent. Fuck a lot. of Fuck, get a bunch, Jared. <laughs> no, That's what she, she told. Well, <laughs> get it all, like, baby. Not directly, but she did say, like, you know, you have to be a good parent. You have to take care of kids, no doubt. But if the marriage is failing, what are you going to have? You're not going to have a household. So it. you have to take care of one yeah. another. Meaning, you know, do your, like, go on. What They didn't really go on dates back then, I don't think. Once they were married, they didn't have the money. But, like, do your thing. Like, go fishing. Like, spend time, you and your wife, so, you know, together and, and, and grow that seed, Right.
0: right? in the level of importance the first thing you have to do is okay here's a cup if this cup is empty Mm -hmm. half full or half full or half empty (laughs) or whatever. but if this cup is empty you have nothing to pour on other people like if you envision yourself as a cup and your cup is empty because you're constantly giving it out you're constantly pouring out what's inside of it you come home to your wife at night and you ain't got nothing to pour from yeah so when it comes to level of importance you gotta fill your own cup first yeah. This word selfish, it's a bad term in our English vocabulary because it's twisted. So many people are selfish in negative ways, but you have to be selfish in filling your own cup with positive energy, you're working out, your nutrition, whatever it is, like whatever makes you happy, You've got to fill that cup first. Yeah, that's good. That's
1: a good perspective because it is weird. Or spill it. Yeah, right. Exactly. you sp- giving it to other people. Uh, you have. D- it is with the selfishness, right? Because it could sound selfish, like you have to yeah. work on you first, me, 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 you me, do. me, and it can be if that's where you stop or it's right. all you focus on, right? Right. But you do have to get your own affairs in order before you can help other people
0: out. You have to because what I teach, what I teach people to do, is pour into your own self so much, like fill your cup to the point where it's overflowing. Yeah and you've been around people that, you know, they're just full of life, they're full of energy. At that point, it's contagious, man. You're just yeah. like you're, Some people comes natural to overflow. too, right? Some it people does. comes
1: natural, but I think most it probably doesn't. No. And some of the ones you think it comes natural like you said, you were the social butterfly at times, but
0: Oh, it was yeah. On the inside it was a wreck, right? Right. Yeah. 100%. So, you know, you have to of course fix the puncture holes in your cup and then start pouring into it. And if you've got a husband and wife that are they have two full cups and they're coming home at night. Oh man, that's where yeah. the magic happens. Yeah, but that's,
2: it, that's a sloppy, fucking wet. It's bro, just everywhere. It's dripping that's, off the that's, walls.
0: That's kitchen counter time. Yeah, gets there you go. And it's a happy household. It's know? a very happy everybody, household. Everybody, <laughs> because <laughs> then they also have that leftover for their kids. Yeah. So it's just like this this whole magical Uh-oh. process. Now we're getting a little weird. Easy. I don't think he can yeah. know, Easy, that weird. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> man. Like, I
2: just got here, so all I got is you jokes, gotta Watch but, but all good.
1: What a wordy. So. To kind of bring it full circle. I mean, we've been going at it, man. I think we covered some good stuff, and hopefully there's people that listen to this can take away, you know, something from it. You know what I right. mean? People that aren't, you know, like you said, you weren't perfect. You might have no. looked perfect at certain times or better than others at certain times, but you were struggling, and you kept oh, up going, and, and whatever. So if if they hear this, they, you, you know, reach out to you, right? You said you're, you got your website, mm-hmm. uh, robbiedangelo.com, on all the social media platforms. But, like, full circle, where do you, like, so... From right now, from this moment, right now, where does your what's your like one year goal or or a five year goal like what, moving forward? What, where are you at with that?
0: So, I've, out of everything I've ever done, and everything I'm doing right now, the businesses that I'm building, everything all points back to my nonprofit. It's called Rise Up, okay. and I'm building a life right now that's going to give me the availability to be able to do that full time. That's mm-hmm. my full time goal. That's what I want to spend every ounce of my being doing. Does that
1: mean having your finances in order that you can 100%. De- dedicate that yeah, non financial? Yeah. Oh, I've made that mistake before. Financial- yeah, I
0: went full into my non nonprofit and forgot to make money and realized very quickly, Hey, nonprofits are called nonprofits for a reason. They don't make a profit. They don't pay yeah. your bills. Yeah, and You yeah. can't
1: show up with a nonprofit receipt and pay your rent or your mortgage, right? Exactly. Take, I tried it. They yeah, I that.
0: did
2: all these fucking awesome things and <laughs> yeah. helped all these people. But I'm a good
1: person. Like,
0: I, oh, I cannot keys, pay my <laughs> I cannot pay my car note with good energy. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Right. So you're saying
1: build up a, a business, an infrastructure, whatever that is for you, right. right? And then that way you can step out and do your thing. Hundred percent. And that's what it is. And that's the one where you with Working with the kids and Correct. all and whatnot.
0: Yep, I think you can make some do some damage in a good way. Oh, uh, you know I mean? And the, the thing is, is the more that I, the reason I'm so passionate about that topic is the more I work in schools, mm-hmm. the more I realize how much these kids are hurting. Yeah, and I mean, they're shit. they're in a dark place yeah, right now, man. Yeah, the man. stories that I'm hearing after I go and talk to kids, man. Like the stuff that they're doing to cope with the hurt, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Well, look at them; they
1: got all this new technology that we take—I don't want to say take for granted—but we didn't have that when we were at no. that Mm-mm. at that time. And I think, to me, technology is more morally neutral; it's not good or it's bad. a tool, it's like just anything. A thing, right? But if they're if these kids in these schools don't have these kind of coping skills mechanisms, and it's not an overall majority, and they're just using it for. You know, destructive purposes. I could see that could be a you know a real bad situation for a kid.
0: Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. And you know what the social media in schools has done is it's given it's given the bullies something to hide behind. Oh yeah, keyboard now, warriors, keyboard warriors, yeah. man, the trolls out there, and you they're going to grow
1: up and be great political debaters online. 100
0: percent, hundred percent. They already are a bunch. Yeah, of I know. A joke. So.
1: It's given
2: 18 year old kids, 17 year old kids out there talking like they got fucking, you know, political science degrees. Yeah. Right. On, like man. they've had enough Shut life experience it. to right.
0: actually know what's going on. Yeah.
2: You, you can't slide them really, like, not all of them across the board. There's a lot of things that come up where kids come up with a voice. For instance, uh, one of the, what was it, the shooting? And all the kids had a big voice about it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there was a big particular yeah. political sector that was shitting all over them. And it's like, come on, man. You can't really say, because they haven't experienced life that they didn't experience this horrible 100%. piece of life right then, but uh, you know, by and large, get off of Facebook with your political opinions, kids. Right, right,
0: up. right. Yeah. <laughs> so because of that and because of kids will always be kids and the biggest thing that I've seen with kids is they, they don't know how to express their emotions. They don't know how to express what's really going inside of them. I mean, think about the three of us sitting right here right now. When we were growing up, what were we taught? Suck it up, put a Band-Aid on it, just keep going. I mean, if I got hurt in football, it was hey, ice it down, and be back tomorrow. Yeah, like you just I didn't that, deal I with it. I think
1: there's some good to that in a way of there is. Don't be a victim, right? right don't make excuses. Like some of that old school shit is legit, you know what I right. mean? Right. But you know, if that's all it is, or that, or they're not even getting that, and they're just left to their own devices, then then, then there's your problem.
0: So ex- exactly what you're saying, you have to express what's going on. I mean, I heard a lady said yesterday, emotions are like. Like gas, you have got to get it out. If you don't, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you have to get them out, but then you have to also keep going. Mm-hmm. You can't fall victim yeah. to them. To them. Yeah. You know. You have to understand them. Understand what's going on, and then saying, you know what, the struggle is real, but I am stronger. Like I can push through I like this. That. Right? I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. how
1: you brought it back around like that. Wow.
0: Full Have circle. we said
1: that yet? though that that's the book.
0: No. Yeah, let's
1: do that. That's the book, people. That's By the, the way, the we talked about the book, but we did a shit job of marketing <laughs> on the podcast. If you made it to an hour and twenty minutes, let's talk about the title so you can actually look it up. But Robbie D'Angelo will get it on on Amazon if you just type that in. Right, right. It'd come up. But yeah, that's his book. The struggle is real. Let's mm-hmm. so go check it out, man. Go check it out.
2: I like the way he said that. The struggle is real. I'm stronger. I like that. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like the right way to say it because. You know, everybody's got some kind of struggle. Who
0: doesn't go through shit if in their you life?
2: Don't have a struggle, you're not doing anything. But then that's your struggle, right? Be, there it is. Yeah. You, I mean, seriously, Get up off your ass, some people will say that I don't.
1: That. I don't struggle with anything, and like small majority that might be true, but usually that's just people who aren't doing shit. hundred percent. And I don't mean being super successful and money and just like living, dude. You're not right. living. What you think Elon Musk struggles with? Bruh. I watched the. Bro, he's an alien. I watched the thing on him, man, a wild. documentary. He, dude, he ate some shit, man. He it was not all no. like oh, yeah, peaches no. and cream. The, the automotive
0: industry like yeah. put him out of business. I mean, it was bad,
1: and then in the economic crash, and he literally ran out of money and put mm-hmm. his like last hundred, not last, I think he had a little bit, but like a hundred million, twenty million, something like that on the table. Like let's keep it going. Yeah.
0: Did you watch the podcast with him and Joe Rogan? Oh yeah. yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness.
1: And then you know what? All of that got the, taken away. The he smoked weed. weed. Oh yeah,
2: he smoked I'm like, weed. God, you know what I thought was awesome? Are you Watching serious? him like that, I, that. People said it was weird, but I felt like that—that that might be the smartest guy on the sphere, man. Hundred percent. He's very well articulated. Say, That's why I say he's if an I alien, bro. I ask you, yeah. Robbie? Question. And then instead of launching right into correct. an answer and casually having a conversation about it, he sits for eight seconds and then spits out the seven most correct words anyone can yeah. say, dude. It's fucking awesome. And man. that
1: weirded me out like in a good way at first. But I went back and watched
2: some of his older interviews,
1: and, and they're, they're not almost, all like that. No. So I don't know if it was the platform he well, knew he, he was knew, on. Maybe
2: he knew he's at Rogan's place and he's got three and a half hours to say what he wants, and he can just sit there for a minute yeah. and then and not h- ever say anything wrong. Well,
0: amount of millions, well, but he's used to millions. That's the beauty of long. Anything. Yeah. form podcasts yes. is you don't have to be spot on like i know when i do some stuff in the media i'm like okay i've got three minutes yeah i've got Super to say the most i can possibly say in a very condensed version yeah, right. and bad. get it out perfect <laughs> this like bro just whatever flows into your brain just let it go right and you start here and maybe it ends up over there exactly you, know? so. you just meander through your thoughts
1: yeah i did think that was really cool though he was yeah. that was a good that was a good deal. Oh, bro, like, it's
2: strange like, to watch think and watch conversate he's like yeah. you watch him and you can tell the whole time man he's not like yeah, you know, we were talking a while back about if you get to fucking with the levels, you got to reach over here and mess with the Zoom or mm-hmm. something and you You're get out. instantly right yeah. away like, oh, yeah. fuck, where was I? And then I start mm-hmm. me. If I'm really in a mood and I've had more than one of these, I'm yeah. like.
1: Jacked up coffee, yeah, by the way. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, jacked up coffee. Today's sponsor. If uh, if I've had more Not than one of these and yeah, I'm really we wired up, then I get locked on that. I'm like, oh, shit, I lost what he was saying. And I, come on, man, pay attention, motherfucker. Listen mm-hmm. to what he said. Get back online. Get, get back. Fuck, fuck. Yep. What am I going to do? You know? Right. And then. For the next five minutes, we're off the rails until I completely change the subject and can get back on it. So, what was I talking about? Exactly. See? Perfect. Yeah. Point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, dude, I appreciate you stopping by. Man, it was a pleasure. I don't think this will be the last one. At least I hope. No, bro. Stop by, we'll talk again, man. I'm going to continue to This is fun, bro. Yeah, like, dude, you, you do
2: nerd you're stuff. You're into the Star Wars and into the no superheroes and comic books and shit like that. Yes, I have no idea. Go, Come go, give me go, an idea. Go, go,
0: do the, go do the research. It's there. Like, I'm... Uh, i like literally my bed is captain america i'm yeah i've got i think i, I gotta go to a, some stupid fashion show or something tonight um and i've got like superman socks very good um, yeah but then you oh, think a good shit, man. nerd yeah, like bro one of mine man that's yeah. a pop
2: nutshell is the uh is the nerd commentary podcast that we do it ends up being mm-hmm. more just let's see where the conversation goes but uh, like this episode we're gonna we're gonna record today is just uh hey the uh, Captain Marvel trailer came out. What you think yeah. of that? Yes, it? I'm. Bro, I'm cool. excited about that. It looks it's like, awesome.
0: It's almost like Captain America meets Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like, that's the impression I got with, from with it. With the Wonder Woman
2: twist, because right, because it's, cause a, it's a female. The blockbuster like thing trip me out. Yeah, oh, I, I know. I saw the- that I really weird. hope the whole movie's not like hammy over the yeah. over your head '90s references the whole yeah. time. That's cool. I For get a it. Trailer. It's the '90s, but right. also Nick right. Fury's got both eyes. It's gonna be yeah, in yeah, the yeah, past. And right. you can see the CG
0: like it. making him look really young in this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, they do. Did that. you see
2: uh, yeah. in Infinity War there was a cutback or one of them they they did Samuel L. Jackson or so? I'm sorry, no, it was Ant Man and the Wasp. They had Lawrence Fishburne, but it was his son. They CG old old young Lawrence Fishburne mm-hmm. over Lawrence Fishburne's son. Oh and it wow, looked awesome! Wow, crazy. Looking. That's what
0: That is. The reason I'm like such a nerd, I love comic books. Mm -hmm. And the reason I love comic books is the power of story. Yeah, dude. Joseph Campbell wrote um, Power of Myth. And he just talks about that, like the power of the stories to not only teach lessons, but empower you. Because you are the product of the story you keep telling yourself. So once I started like wrapping my head around why I loved comic books so much, yeah, bro. All about the nerd life. Sweet, I'm there.
2: We'll set one up. Not too go. distant. It future. just happened. Y'all just
1: heard that happen. Make a
0: magic. Happen. Set up. Man,
2: the magic that's happens, how, happens that's on how opportunity, the Opportunity. Yeah, that's how opportunity <laughs> shows up
1: and you take it. Yes. You take yes. It. Look, everybody, check us out. brown water banter. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Hit us up. If you got a question for robbie hit him up on uh social Please. media, hit him up on this podcast, social media. Ask a question, tell us what you think. We'd love to hear some feedback. Thank you so much for listening.